You're listening to episode 47 of the Broken Glass Podcast, being ready for change with rose gold. You're listening to the Broken Glass Podcast, a podcast with a mission to highlight women in the music industry through their stories, from their successes to their trials and tribulations. We'll share tools and resources available to you to make your music dream job come to life or to start that business you've always wanted to own. But most of all, you'll be a part of the Broken Glass community where we support and encourage each other and open the doors to working in music. I'm your host, Christy Jacobson, entrepreneur, music lover, wonderluster, and dreamer. Welcome to the show. All right. Welcome back to the Broken Glass podcast. Uh, today, I have Rose Gold with me. Uh, she's a singer, songwriter, producer. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's really great oh, to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. So let's just dive right in. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself and, and what you're doing now, and then we'll kind of go backwards a bit, you know, talk about how you got into the industry. Okay, cool. So um, Rose Gold is a new-ish project that is my first solo project since uh, probably like in a long time. So um It's really exciting. I'm releasing my first EP in May, May 15th. And it's basically just what has come of me growing as an artist um, into like an artist and producer. And I decided to do a project that I produced at least most of. I ended up collaborating with a really amazing co-producer named Christopher Ambrose. And um, just, you know, because I realized that for me, I love producing vocals, but producing my own vocals, I felt very, so like, it's just a whole other ball game. But, um, so when it got time to do the vocals, I, I started working with Chris and he's amazing. And, um, it's a very feminine strength based album. Like the whole concept for me of start, I mean, I started writing it after I had my daughter and, um, I just felt really empowered after giving birth and I just like, and I gave birth to a little girl. So I feel like the whole (laughs) inspiration was very like female based and she, um, none of the songs are about her, interestingly enough. I mean, about the love that is universal, definitely that I felt uniquely from meeting her, but, um, yeah, so Rose Gold as a name kind of like came about from that creation of like something being like soft and beautiful and um and still really strong like a like a metal like gold. And um so yeah, the music is very pop dancey, um melodic, emotional. It kind of has like a I categorize it as alternative, but it definitely has like a um, Lord Halsey kind of like vibe. It's very vibey. Um, yeah. So that's my current project and I'm really enjoying it. Like for the first time, I think maybe ever I feel like this. And I guess that's what being a solo artist is, but I feel like this is like a hundred percent me, like as an artist and I didn't have to compromise any of my artistic vision, even working with Christopher. He was very like, you know, you're right. You're driving the bus, you know? <laughs> and, um, yeah. 
it was really nice. So it just feels, it feels good to like finally put it out into the world. Yeah. And um, I, my company, Broken Less Media, was the host of the live stream that you were on, was that last week? Um, and that was awesome, like, to just see you perform and, yeah. and to really hear you. And then when I, you reached out to me on the podcast, I was like, this is awesome. Like, I was excited to, to have you come on. And I totally get that whole Lord Halsey kind of vibe from you, but it was really cool. Like I loved your project. So I'm kind of excited to see this new EP that you're coming out with and, and where you go from there with that. Um, but let's kind of go back a little bit. Like, how did you get into music? You know, what, what really inspired you and, and how did you build your career to what it is today? Um, well, I started writing songs literally, I was seven years old. Like, um, I remember like one of my very most vivid memories is my mother had like a push the buttons down tape deck that you could push record and play at the same time. And like, um, I just like grabbed it one day and like started recording like myself singing lyrics and she was listening back to it was like, who's like, what song is this? You know, and I was like, I wrote these songs and she was like, what the heck, you know, <laughs> which I thought was cool then. But now that I work with kids and have one, I'm like, yeah, kids do that. Like we feel really free, but she was so into it. And I got such a like positive response that I was like, Oh, this is something people like, you know? So I just, and it just felt supernatural. I just kept doing it. And, um, and I started singing really young. Um, so yeah, singing and writing songs was like my focus, you know, as a kid growing up and I was in choirs and voice lessons and, you know, the community theater and all the things. And then, you know, high school comes around. I was like, well, I want to be in a rock band, you know? So I started playing bass guitar. <laughs> it was my first uh, instrument besides voice. And um, it was really interesting for a while to write songs to the base like it, it was actually kind of like cool in retrospective I'm like well now it makes sense because I sometimes write to bass lines but at the time it didn't make a lot of sense at open mics and stuff so I started playing guitar um like around 17 as like a backing instrument and in college I minored in voice which it was a very classical program so I kind of always felt like oh, this isn't really what I want to be doing. <laughs> but I'm glad I did it because I got, you know, some core solid knowledge that I definitely use more as a producer. Um, like, it's really good to to have that background when you go back and, and get in the studio and you want to communicate to other musicians what you're writing and how to play it quickly and not waste money and all these things. Um, so yeah, I, I in in college in in California, I went to UC Santa Cruz. Um, I was in a bunch of bands, and my favorite band I was in was called Baby Machine. It was two girls and two boys. Um, you know, we we did a lot of cool stuff. We were recording our first record, and then we broke up over some band drama. But um, after that, I did a lot of women based work like I started working with another artist Rosie Nolan who actually is also part of B squared management but she lives in LA and she is a totally different kind of artist now but we did a lot of stuff for a few years together we had a few different bands and collaborated a lot and um and I loved that like I loved working with women but I didn't find a lot of women 
in production at the time. Like all of the people, all of the people I was working with as producers were men. Men recorded us, men booked our shows, like, you know, and it, and it definitely was like a little lost. I mean, we had female rock stars to look up to obviously, but, and pop stars, but there wasn't really that many women like leading us down this like business path. And, and at the time music was just becoming more tangible, like nothing like it is now, but it was the beginning of like, you know, you could get logic and pro tools at home and start recording yourself. And so I started dabbling. I moved to New York, um, right before uh, September 11th in 2001 to work with a producer, a male producer. Um, and I just started watching what he was doing and was like, I could do that. And I always like, I always had this passion of combining um, like very organic sounds with electronic sounds. And I could never really find artists at the time who wanted like, they were either doing dance music or rock music. And I was like, I want to combine the two, you know? <laughs> um, so I finally did. So I got, I actually did do some solo work then. And I, I got like a sequencer and I started pressing buttons and I got really into like programming beats and I would just sing, you know, I would just be like me and my guitar and my sequencer. And I was, and then by this time I had moved to like working with a different producer and he actually gave me the name Jen Urban at the time. And, um, and I started a band called Jen Urban in the Box and that project lasted like until rose gold like it went through many phases like um at first it was an all-girl band we had a big like queer following um mostly women and then i finally met and those ladies were amazing like i loved my my first band and um you know we toured we played warp tour we played cbgb's like all the cool new york spots it kind of was like Ooh, like the dream, you know, is happening. Right. Yeah. But, but artistically, like they still, and I love them and their artistic vision, but they were still like, we want to rock, you know? <laughs> and I was like, we have to wear matching outfits with sequins and glitter. And they were like, we just want to wear jeans and like wife beater tank tops. <laughs> and like, I didn't really, you know, find like, you know, Basically, this is what led me into like the gay male scene in New York because drag queens and gay guys, like they are just all about it. Like they love sequence and glitter and divas and they really, um, like the aesthetic was really appealing to me. Um, so I ended up actually meeting this guy, Alan Denenberg, Alan D. And we, um, he was the next incarnation of Jenner but in the box and we played together and released um an EP and two full-length albums um until uh the last one we released was 2018 and it's a great single it was a single called burn it down and um yeah and it was good but like I said like I just wanted to like do something that was really my vision and like no other influence and you know so i just started rose gold and that's where i'm at now so like that's that's the musical journey <laughs> um, <laughs> in a nutshell of course there's like many ups and downs along the way um 
you know, winning awards is great. We did some great videos and I, I, I did some reality TV in Germany and, um, but I also like struggled with addiction and I got sober in um, 2011. And that also kind of changed like what I was looking for as far as like, you were mentioning like turning music into a career. Like I was pretty okay when I was drinking and using just like getting paid in vodka or just kind of like partying and going on tour in a van and not really having like, you know, the funds, but just doing it like the gritty old school way, you know? And then, you know, you get sober (laughs) or I got sober and I was kind of like, I think there's more to this. Like, I think I could really make this like a job and not just a dream. And maybe it's not so much about like fame and like, people like paying attention to me, but it's actually about the music and the connection. And, you know, so it's been like a nine year journey of exploring that. And I think that's also like a really big theme in this record is like, you know, human connection and it being like the most important part of my life experience so far. And just Mm -hmm. feeling like, you know, I think making music work is important, like making it a job in a, in a sense is important and but getting lost in like the approval and the genre and the you know the judgment is really dangerous you know for me as an artist so it's a balancing act you know like I have to kind of you know do the PR enough to like you know <laughs> do the work to make it work but I can't get swept up in like you know how many it's not just about instagram followers and like nameless it's not about like faceless names for me anymore like i want to connect with my audience and i want to know who they are and what they think and how they're feeling and i want to let that inspire what's to come and it's you know it's become a more more like circular exchange and i think it also gave me the confidence to produce like to not just make beats but to like you know that whole process of like we're watching my first producer and you're like I could do that it just kind of escalated from there so like everyone I'd work with I would watch a little bit more and like learn a little bit more and get a little more confident to like open my DAW and like learn keyboards and record guitars and play around and take some classes so right yeah that that actually brings up a couple different points that I, I like to talk on the podcast, which is, you know, the, the musicpreneur side, thinking of it as a, as a career, but also the mindset too, right? Because once you kind of shifted your mindset, it kind of opened a whole new world for you as far as producing went and, and doing your own thing. Um, so I, I guess we'll kind of start with, with your current project, um, Rose Gold, and, and, and I guess the mindset and the business side behind that, um, is this for you? I mean, I know you have your, your producer that you're working with, but is it, you know, an entirely independent project and, and, you know, what, what's that process like for you as far as the business and, and all that goes as well? Yeah. Um, yeah, this is an entirely independent project and, you know, I've, I've done contracts with labels. I've done crowdfunding. I've done spending all the money I've ever made on, on, you know, producing a record. 
like I've done all, all those different things. And, and this record, you know, because I produced so much of it, the production end was so much less expensive. <laughs> and that's the thing about, you know, that empowerment is like, you know, just financially, when you look at the books, like I would see what kept happening is like, okay, we, or I am spending all this money on production and studios and engineers and and then there's like very little left for PR or touring, you know, and in a budget, whether it comes from crowds or yourself or a company, like there's always a budget, you know? So, and I think that's important to learn because, you know, back in the day in my rock and roll tour days, we didn't pay attention to that. We just like spent all the money, tried to get more money, spent all the money, you know? <laughs> and it's just, doesn't it doesn't really work that way if you want to keep doing this you have to like treat it like a job like you're saying and um right so when I started looking at numbers I was like oh so if I can spend less on production and do this myself and learn this skill um you know then I can hire a PR company who can get me more money and fans and paying gigs and you know and I can you know kind of focus on gaining instead of you know letting go and I do believe that like you have to spend money to make money and so mm -hmm. it's just where are you putting it and for me it was about like I need to put the money somewhere that's going to help it come back around and kind of right. cycle around better um, and you know I haven't released the album, so we're, we're yet to see how it looks as far as being totally self-produced, right? Because, yeah. you know, right now I'm in the investment phase and all I can do is kind of be like, okay, I have faith in this work. So, you know, if I, if I work as hard on promoting it and, you know, getting it out there as I did on making it, I think it, it should do pretty well. And, you know, if this one doesn't the next record, then you start writing again, but I don't, have to be fearful of like how am I going to get the money to make another record because now I can do that myself you know and if you can't do that yourself like let's say you're a woman and or a guy and you don't have any interest in production there's also a lot of things I've learned about working in a community where let's say like you are really good at writing and singing and you know a drummer who needs like because everyone has a project right so like right. You yeah. a drummer who has a project that needs a vocalist and you need drums on your record and it's like not so much about like you know let's start at the bottom and try to work our way up like it used to be in the industry it's more about mm -hmm. like let's work together on these simultaneous projects and put them out and see where that goes and you know, and that's also possible because di distribution is different now, you know. So, you know, with, with companies like DistroKid and um, which is what I've moved to and just all of them now, like CD Baby still puts out stuff and, you know, you can put any, you can get a Bandcamp account. Like there's just so many ways to distribute music. Um, Oddly, you know, there's like new ones coming out. Like it's just so many, right? Yeah. You can just do it, you know, and like, yeah. And not have to worry so much about having like that a hundred thousand dollar 
check to start a product. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very different business than it was even just 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember going through school and it was, you know, pre, pre iTunes, pre Spotify, you know, really pre any of these internet, I think CD baby was, was out there, but that was for you getting your CDs out. Right. And that was it. It was like printing CDs for you. And it just, it just totally shifted as soon as, you know, Napster and iTunes and all that. And you can just see the model change. And now, you know, I'm recording this in my bedroom. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, it's just such a different industry than it was. And, you know, I I think you made a good point about, um, you know, you, you know, the production side and and the recording and all of that, but you want the help, you want help on the, the marketing, the publicity side. And it's just really knowing where your strengths lie. Like you can, okay, I can cut the costs on the production end because that's what I do, but I'll now invest that into the marketing where that's not maybe, you know, your strength. And I think that's very smart, you know, business mindset, business decision-making. And, um, you know, we talk a lot of in the podcast about, you know, being the musicpreneur and, and really understanding where your strengths lie, you know, yeah. under, you know, yeah, I, I think everybody needs to have a, a general knowledge of each piece, you know, and kind of understanding how it works and how it fits in, but really picking apart, okay, this is what I like to do. This is what I know how to do. This is maybe not, I don't really like that piece or I'm not good at it, but let me bring somebody in who is. So it's, it's thinking like an entrepreneur is just very much about playing off your strengths and, and your weaknesses and finding someone to fill in that, that gap. Right. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. I know other artists in my, you know, position who are really good at marketing and they use producers more, you know, so it's definitely that it's like just figuring out you know, what do I love to do? It's not even, I mean, and I think that we become best at what we love, you know? So if you can't figure out what you're best at, because sometimes that feels daunting to an artist, right? It's like, um, it's hard to humble yourself. But if you could figure out, well, what makes me feel the best when I'm doing it? You know, that's a good place to look at. It's probably what you're best at, you know? Um, yeah, definitely. Like I get, I get really uncomfortable with marketing sometimes, you know, not, not like a podcast where we're talking and it's like a person, but you know, just like, what's the image I'm presenting on social media, you know, image and all those things are, have always been something I struggle with. So it's, and honestly, like this record was the easiest because I like put a color scheme in the name. So, (laughs) you know, and it's, and it's like, you know, and it sounds silly, but it is little things like that, like, um, that you can use to brand and you're right. Like I have had to learn, you know, like what is branding? What's a good bio sound like? Because you can't always, you know, you want to come to the table, even when you're paying something with some kind of idea as an artist of what you want, because if you give them a blank slate, they might draw a picture you don't see representing you, you know? So exactly. Yeah. And then there's, you know, great companies out there like, uh, you know, B squared management who connected us, who, who can, you know, it's, it's not that standard management company model anymore. Right. It's they, you know, there's different services and, you know, you can kind of pick and choose. And I think that's a great model for this industry going forward. 
Um, and then there's other, other things too. There's, um, a couple different platforms that I've, I've seen on their way. They're in like beta testing right now. And they're basically, um, they'll connect the creative and then the, like the service provider. So like, if I were to say offer, you know, I offer virtual services, you know, virtual assistant, and I also help with, you know, online business and websites, I can put that on, you know, a profile and say, I can do you know, X, Y, and Z. And then the, an artist or creative can come in and say, Hey, I need that particular service. Right. So a lot of that business model from, you yeah. know, you have a record label or you have a management company, it's really shifting. Yeah. You know, they, these companies are just handling pieces now, right. Yeah. Maybe that piece that the artist doesn't necessarily like, or doesn't even know how to do. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, for, for all of us as creatives, whether we're on the artist or the, you know, the business side, I think that's a great way to collaborate and connect with other, other people. Yeah, I think it, it definitely is. It just leads to happier work environments, right? When you're only doing the pieces that make sense to you and then you have a team, you know, and I also think it speaks to, I mean, hopefully like in evolution and in human business model like in the way we conduct business because mm-hmm. you know it it's more of a secular way to provide service than a trickle down situation you know like so like as a kid right my dream would have been like you were saying like big record company gives me a big check mm-hmm. and then I get to make a big fancy record and hopefully they make millions of dollars and I get some too right but the problem right. with that is like only very few people get to do it that way successfully. And a lot of people ended up losing money because you owe like what they don't tell you right in, in the dream section <laughs> when you're a kid is like that big check they write you is not like just a, a gift, right? Like they want it back in record sales, right? So, you know, if your record doesn't do well, it's a way, I feel like it's just very discouraging for artists. And I feel like it's why so many artists, when they get to the point in their life where I am, where I'm like starting a family and like, you know, it, I've, I've had a lot of friends, like kind of, I don't even want to say give up, but like just switch focus to other kinds of professions because they're like, oh, well, if that dream didn't happen, there's no other way. And what, what we're talking about gives you like a new way, right? So it's right. like, oh. And I also, you know, I, I've, I've been trying to work in sync licensing more because I think that's another thing that artists, identified musicians don't realize is like music isn't just for the radio, right? It's not just about being Beyonce. Like there's so much work to be had as a musician in film and, and TV and commercial and, you know, even you know, I mean, I've done crazy things like singing in, um, not that it's crazy, but like, you know, singing in a, in a retirement center or like teaching kids. Like there's just so much that I've had to do to get by on this journey that, you know, maybe didn't feel like a win at the time, but in retrospect, like created and influenced my art and like, I got to do music, you know? So, right it had to be a switch in consciousness for me away from like this ego driven wanting to be a star to just being like, I just want to be a musician, you know, and an entrepreneur, like you said. Right. 
Which yeah, and I think there's like you said, there's so many opportunities out there. And I think especially right now, a lot of people are getting creative. You know, how can they bring their business online? What can they do? You know, I've talked to people who, you know, teach or they're, you know, doing online courses or you know, they're doing these live streams and putting their, you know, Venmo or their PayPal link up and saying, Hey, tip here. You know, there's, there's just so many, you know, unfortunately part of our industry has completely shut down yeah. for the time being. But, you know, I was mentioning this this morning too, to somebody like watching the creativity come out of it, you know, and, and seeing our industry, you know, collectively or singularly, just what can I do? How can I shift and how can I pivot and, 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 keep my career going. Yeah. And it's really like, it is about seeing, always seeing the opportunity for growth and love and like what's, it's a simple concept we learn as a kid, like seeing the glass half full. Right. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, I've had, I wasn't immediately like, Oh yay. Live streaming shows. This is going to be great. (laughs) Like there's a learning curve and I'm still in it. Like, how do I make it sound good and look good and start on time and get, you know, And then like, you know, you're in the middle of a live stream and you see like a friend you haven't seen in 25 years who lives across the country in Portland, like hop on and be like, hey, we went to high school together in the chat and you're singing and they tip you. And it's just like, you know, even on tour, that person might not have gotten the idea that Rose Gold is this person they went to high school with and, you know, it's like, it's just a connection it's a place and a way to connect differently in a really beautiful way. Like my 80 year old great aunt can watch me perform, right. you know, on, on Facebook live where she probably wouldn't come down to the club at 10 o'clock at night on a Saturday, right. you know? Yeah. So it's great, you know, and she can be like, ah, you know, it's just, you have to look at those parts of it and, and live in those parts of it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned a couple times, um, you know, and, and here too, creating that authentic connection, um, you know, and, and I think that especially right now too, is very important, um, you know, through whether it's through social media or through your music, but just creating that connection with your audience, um, you know, and, and a lot of fans right now really want to see, you know, how we're all handling this, right? Like, you know, I've had a lot of conversations over the last couple of weeks about, you know, the different ways that we're all going through this and, and we're getting through it together and just really connecting. Um, and I think that's, that's really important. And, you know, social media, for the most part, most of them are, are free platforms, right? So you can really connect with people for, for free, right? And, and get your message out there. Yeah. And it's, it's going back to like looking at the numbers, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like we're saying like for artists, like we have to kind of be like, oh, right. Like you're not investing as much in a show either. So what, and you're, you're not charging at the door. So like someone is also maybe more likely to see you performing and be touched by it and be like, oh yeah, I'll send money. And then it's like a giving exchange. It's not like, Oh, I have to pay $20 for this ticket, you know? Right. And I think it's also a great way to put merch out in a different way. Like I've noticed this trend and I kind of hopped on board, like when I was, you know, starting the ideas for marketing for this album, instead of just, you know, obviously I don't want to press CDs environmentally. So 
you know, there's a lot of ways you can distribute without that now, but I also didn't want to maybe like, you know, so it's like, okay, so what do we sell? Right. right. <laughs> so for me, I like teamed up with a, um, a jewelry artist who I worked with and came up with like a bracelet and it's made with like rose gold beads. And, you know, the price point is probably the same as like the sweatshirt, but it's different and it's very branded. Like it's, you know, it, it might limit, you know, who could buy it. So I have to come up with something for like maybe, you know, someone who wouldn't wear jewelry, but um, which is in the works probably will be a hoodie because I'm super into them in New York, you know, <laughs> even yeah. in California, you need a hoodie. So like, mm -hmm. but it's about that. It's about thinking outside the box of like, well, artists sell CDs, artists sell t-shirts, you know, it's like, well, what else mm -hmm. could we sell, you know? I have a great example of that like a friend of mine did a Christmas album and she made coffee mugs, which is just like such a warm winter like item. So it was like, she sold a ton, you know, <laughs> and it was right before Christmas. So it's like, you know, I gave one of her mugs to my cousin because she's fabulous and her face is on it. And, you know, so it's like that kind of thinking outside the box too, you know, and it's, it's true of this time now too, like, you know, what can I give people that they need, not that they just right. maybe will, will want, because this is not a time of spending carelessly, you know, and I think it's important right. for artists. I think, I mean, I'm always used to like <laughs> a budget and, you know, but I think it's important for us to provide, right, like you said, like free shows and services, like, I think the you know, I was going to wait to release this record, for example, until this was over and then I was like people need music like they just need to listen to stuff that feels good you know and that's what this music mostly is and you know so it just became very apparent to me that like this was the right time to do it even if my personal budget felt tighter as far as PR you know it's like I just felt like this is the product to put out there you know Right. Yeah. It's, you know, it's so important right now. And I think there are some people who have pushed records back, maybe because the subject matter of the record isn't, you know, the, the best for this time. Um, or maybe they just, they needed a little bit more time to collaborate in person and, and just couldn't get that. But um, I was talking this morning with someone and um, they, they made a good point about Fiona Apple just released her new album. Um, I haven't listened to it yet, but a lot of it was about self-isolation and, and the feelings that come through that. And I thought that was kind of perfect for right now because everybody's really struggling with having to stay home. They can't go out. They can't see friends. They can't see family. They can't travel. Like, you know, my, my parents are in Phoenix. I can't get to them right now. So things like that, that really can, can make people feel like, oh, I'm heard. I'm not alone, you know, yeah. or just keep their spirits up. I think that's, you know, it, it's great to just kind of keep on that kind of trajectory. And then if, if your, your project still needs more work or it's, you know, it, it's maybe not the right subject matter, then I think, you know, they're making the right choice for them, but I'm definitely excited to to listen to your album next week and, and, uh, you know, hear that and, and, you know, for me, help it, you know, make this a little bit better of a, a situation. Um, but, but yeah, um, I kind of want to dive 
into um, a little bit about being a woman in music, um, which is what we really, you know, focus the podcast on too. And it's, um, you know, I, I really, I admire what you did. You know, you mentioned that you really worked with a lot of women and, and you had, you know, bandmates that were women. Um, and it's, a lot of us often struggle in the industry. I know I got, I got very lucky. I had a lot of great male supporters, but just curious if you faced any kind of resistance as a woman in the industry, you know, whether that was in production or being an artist. And if you did, how did you overcome that? Um, yeah, that's an amazing question. So the second track on the album is called Put It In The Music. And it's, it's literally like a quote that someone told me, like, um, like a male producer, like, I think I was kind of like emotionally frustrated and he was like, put it in the music, you know? And I was like, okay, so it's put it in the music girl <laughs> on the record. Cause I think, and, and the verses dive more into like that experience, right? It's really a song about that experience of like growing from even being intimidated as a guitarist at 16, a female guitarist, right? Like now that doesn't seem like a thing, but even then, like I'd walk into guitar center and I felt like very fearful. I think, I think the biggest, the biggest thing to overcome in this topic is fear, right? Because you can't really know what, unless someone outwardly says, which would be totally not PC. Like you're a girl, you can't do this. You can't know that, that they're thinking that, or you know what I mean. But you right. can you can feel it, and you can trust your gut on that, right? Like you can feel intimidated, and you can feel like looked over, which I did feel a lot. Like I I would like walk into you know pick up a guitar and guitar center and you know I would watch like the male salesman approach the male clients who came in after me first or like I would see the confidence that a male would have like picking up the guitar and just playing whether they were better than me or not like that I felt intimidated like I was like uh I can't I don't have that you know yeah. <laughs> like it took so much for me to be like um can I try this guitar you know what I mean like and so yeah. it started then you know and then being a producer was like the next level of that so by the time you know and I was sponsored for a while by Daisy Rock Guitars which were made for girls and it's like a great concept but there was always a part of me that's like why we got to make special guitars for girls you know like for girls yeah for girls so <laughs> but they are great guitars like they're light and they're yeah, I actually, um, I work for the company that, that used to distribute them. So I'm very yeah. familiar with, with yeah. Daisy Rock. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're great. So and they're still online. But um, mm -hmm. so, you know, it started for me like that feeling inside. I don't know if it started. It, I don't think it started from one incident. I think it started from just an overall feeling of not being seen. And like, mm -hmm. it just grew inside me. And therefore, I projected it it out and it came back at me and that's what we do and that's what fear kind of makes happen right so when you work on you can't you know one thing I've learned is like you can't change the world right and how they look at female producers or female guitars right. or female artists um and honestly female bosses like that's what you are when you're a music producer, right like you're the boss and I think like mm -hmm. God from Madonna and like you know we have these now we have these strong women <laughs> JLo like she's you know Beyonce they're like an industry um, 
but you know, at the time I didn't see it that way. And so it just kind of like grows. And as, as long as you perpetuate it and you feel it and you put it back in the world, it, it doesn't really stop. And so the change had to come from inside me. Like I had to just decide, like, I'm not scared anymore. Like I'm either going to do this or not do it and not doing it doesn't feel good. So I might as well push through this fear and do it. And I think the more you do that, even if the world or certain people <laughs> in a male dominated, dominated industry are, you know, wanting to push back, they can't really push back against a force. It's like a wave. Like you can't stop the wave from crashing. Right. So right. if you become that wave, like you just do it, you know, and like you said, you had a lot of great male support. I did too, you know, but I'm going to be honest, like mostly as a singer and I don't, like I said, I, I can't say if that came from their idea of me or my idea of me, but mm -hmm. you know, it, I didn't feel, it's not that once I was like, oh, I'm a producer, people were like, no, but they just didn't see me. Like they would skip that part, you know, like, right. Yeah. 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 But you're a singer, you know, <laughs> or like <laughs> a more female appropriate, you know, it's yeah. like, no, I'm a producer. You have to just keep saying it or a DJ. Like I'm also a DJ. And, and so like, I think now I think, yeah, I think we build community and support and we like, if we can push, you know, if there's more females doing this and supporting each other, which also has to be a learned, like a change from like what we're taught, you know, to be competitive. And it's not about that. Like, you know, we can be a little tiny wave all our, on our own, or we can be like a giant tsunami and like a force, you know? So like, for example, I'm taking this production course online right now in quarantine. And um, I love seeing like all the other women taking it at the same time. Like where I was like, whoa, there's like a lot of women in this class and it, you know, it made me feel good. So I said something and it's interesting how our ego can be like, don't say something like, don't make it a thing, you know, but right. I was like, but it is a thing and I'm into it. And I got a great response. Like other women were like, yeah, this is so cool. And the instructors who happened to both be guys were super support. Like they were like, yeah, let's start a revolution. Like, we're so happy to be here with you guys. You're so talented, you know? And so that changes what you put out into the world. So it's like, oh, that gives me more confidence. And then I put out more confidence and I get more support and it's just like a cycle. So it is really about, I think for women who are struggling with that, like just breaking the cycle inside yourself um, and going where it feels good. Like if something doesn't feel good to work with someone, they're not making you feel good. Go find another producer, go find a female producer, like support that with your money. Like, you know, put your, your money where your mouth is or your body where your mind is like don't work with those people because it's not even if they give you a great sounding quality product or they're great promoters or they can book you a great tour if it feels bad that's what you're going to put out into the world so right trust your gut and yeah yeah and yeah and i think you made a good point too about um you know i think it, you, everybody used to see it as women were catty and would compete with each other. But what I, my experience has been is everybody's so supportive and, and want to connect and want to collaborate and want to lift each other up. And, and I think, 
you know, hopefully we're, we're really starting to, you know, push away that thought of competition and really create the community. And there's a lot of great groups out there. Um, I'm part of one of the music products industry. And, you know, I know there are others, you know, that are either location-based or, or national, um, you know, women in music and sound girls and all that. Um, great places to just connect with other women and, and find someone, you know, find other, you know, female producers, artists, you know, managers, and, and just really, you know, create that community where, like you said, we're one big tidal wave rather than little small, you know, waves just lapping the shore. So yeah, yeah definitely I great. I think it's great too to like, not just, I've, I've, like I said earlier, like I've always connected with other female musicians, but connecting with other female business women has been super empowering. You know, like that's the place where I get the most like, oh wow, like like you like we we said before, like when you find what you're good at and then find the other pieces in a community, you know, like it, I do tend to like look for a strong woman in that sense because I know that just like I've been looked over, I don't want to look over them right so it's like we can be taught to like be our own perpetrator you know so right it does kind of have to come into my consciousness sometimes like you know not that i want to be exclusionary which is interesting because after this i'm doing a show with a girlfriend of mine um called queen and it and it is going to be like highlighting female artists and female musicians but we didn't you know, we had this whole business meeting, like, are we going to put, there's a lot of men in our music community. And it was like, do we invite them on or not? Like it became a very big question. And, and we were like, you know what we do, because we also don't want to do that. Like we don't want to exclude them, but they need to right. be a part of the conversation about women. Right. So, yeah, which is great. Like that's even better. Like it's not just women talking about women. Like we're all talking about this music and this community and this growth and right you know yeah and hopefully one day it will be just equal and you know we won't have to <laughs> separate you know between the two and um you know and i think there are a lot of men out there who really do want to support us you know all of my male colleagues are you know have been awesome um in supporting my career and supporting the podcast and my business and you know, it's really great to have that, you know, and I think that, I think the tide is changing. Um, it's, it's slow, but I, it's, the conversations are being had and I think it's, it's eventually, you know, we'll get there. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. I think a lot of people think like, why are we still talking about this or that it doesn't have to be had anymore. And, you know, I've had that mindset before where I'm just like, Ugh, I don't want to be a female producer. I want to be a producer and I producer. Yeah. Right. And I get that, but I do think that we are on the cusp of some, a bigger change and, and change mm -hmm. does go in, you know, we change slowly. And so I do think we've come a long way, but I do think there's more work to do and yeah. like, and having different, a different conversation about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, wrapping up a little bit here. Um, we talked, to your EP coming out and is there anything else that you're you know kind of looking forward to in the future I know we're as of right now we're still stuck inside and you know especially <laughs> you being in New York it's uh you know a little bit harder than you know I mean California here we're still you know under 
some restrictions. They're starting to to lighten them, but uh, you know, I know touring's not going to be in the the cards for a while. But is there anything else coming up that you're you know excited about, excited to work on? Yeah, you know, I had to kind of switch the focus, right? Like we have to be mm-hmm. uh, we have to be malleable. We have to be ready to change. And I'm so grateful that. Um, like there, there does seem to be like this online touring thing happening. I didn't expect to go on like a mini tour a week ago, but I'm so glad I did. And I met you, you know, it's like, yeah, that, so I'm happy to keep doing that as long as we need to, to stay safe. You know, um, yeah. I was going to make a music video on April 4th and it got canceled. The production got shut down, but I was like, okay, well I just got a new iPhone 11, like Selena Gomez did it. You know what I mean? Like, what can I film at home? And and I think like you mentioned earlier, like just to see the creativity I can pull out of myself at this time. Like, so, you know, I really have no idea, but I'm okay with that. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's the challenge is like not having to know, but just being open to like whatever comes is great. And, you know, I'm definitely ready to, to start writing even, you know, new music and, um, yeah. So just, yeah, just to like see what can come from it. I mean, I started painting in quarantine again, like, you know, just maybe I can paint the, the next video, like who knows, you know, <laughs> but it's just, it's just going to be what it is. But you know, the, the hard part is to not stop, you know, to not let right. the fear get, get in the way of like okay no matter what happens I'm gonna keep doing stuff and stay busy and doing creative stuff and sharing it with the world in whatever way the world can receive it safely and um yeah so I'm not gonna say I'm not excited like tonight I do get to see a co-worker I haven't seen in a while and you know we've decided that we've both quarantined long enough and we're gonna wear masks but it's it's just I am looking forward to like, you know, getting back on a stage, dancing with people, like hugging friends, seeing my dad, you know, these things that yeah. flying to California. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I have family, you know, in Phoenix and in Canada and it's, it's hard. It's for sure. I think that's what I'm looking forward to most coming up is to be able to, <laughs> to leave and go see them. Yeah. So, Give a hug. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, do you have any uh, resources that you'd recommend for, you know, women starting as producer, as a, an artist? Yeah, I would say um, the first thing you want to do, like there's tons of free um, versions of DAWs right now, like digital audio um, software that you can download, whether it's Ableton or Logic or even Pro Tools has a, a free version, which is really great. Um, there's free classes, there's inexpensive courses like the Triple Threat Artist is the course I'm taking now. Um, but I would say just like download those things and start playing with it if you're interested in production. Um, you know, definitely like I've, I've utilized um, like Instagram in a different way lately, where instead of searching for like friends or artists I like, or, you know, business contacts, I'm like just searching for people. Like you said, like there's tons of people willing to teach their skills right now. And um, 
just starting conversations with people doing what you love to do, whether it's an artist who you think maybe wouldn't return a DM, who knows, like they might, or whether it's like a producer who, you know, I, I emailed um, this female producer months ago in, she's in London, you know, but she just has a fabulous career. So I just, you know, sent her a message, you know, and I think it's just that like reaching out beyond your fear, like to whoever, you know, and don't, I'd also say like, um, you know, Google those local female-based collectives like you were talking about. Um, I, I know there's one, I think they're actually in LA now and I can't remember the exact name, but it's female, I think audacity. It's like a play on, on a recording term, but you know, just, you know, just getting, getting out there and, and start letting yourself connect with people who are doing what you do or what you want to do, you know, who are successful mm -hmm. and, um, and invest in yourself. Like, don't be scared to like, you know, like make a budget and stick to it, but to like, you know, for so long, I was like scared to put money into, like I said, into marketing or like into mm -hmm. a new guitar or whatever. But sometimes like you're going to probably spend it on something at some point if you're continuing to be an artist. So, you know, I would say like definitely reach out to companies like B Squared who are affordable, like search for something you can afford. Don't get intimidated by like the first couple things you look into being too expensive or too big for you. There's always a grassroots project happening, especially in the cities, you know, so. Right. And even online too, you know, now. Yeah. A lot of businesses are shifting online and um, it's all there, but that's, yeah, that's great advice. I love that. Um, and one last question. Uh, do you have any favorite books, podcasts, artists that inspire you and, and your work? Um, it's funny because it's not a musical book, but um, I think I'm most inspired by like meditation and like, um yoga videos like i follow yoga for adrian like i read a course in miracles like um i personally don't do a ton i spend so much time in the studio i don't do a ton of like studio book reading or like um you know and i try not to i i should be listening to more music podcasts that's my call out like you find them and send them to me because I need to like <laughs> educate myself but um but yeah I think I need I, like for me when I'm not working I need to like center myself so I do a lot of like meditation but I would say like artist wise um I feel really inspired there's a there's an artist um that I work with named Danielle Cardona and she is super like entrepreneurial women. Like she's great at marketing herself as an artist. Um, there's, um, you know, as far as big names, like I love what Miley Cyrus is doing on Instagram right now because she's doing a whole series of um, her talking to industry people. So like you said, like that's free. You can just like, Miley goes on Instagram live and then there's all this information, right? Um, mm -hmm. 
So there's a, there's a lot of sync licensing stuff I've been looking into. Um, that's also on Instagram, like, um, you know, I should have prepared these names a little better. <laughs> Kathy Heller. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Kathy Heller, and she's done tons of sync, and she offers a bunch of programs, um, especially doing her, like, she does five-day free workshops, which is great. Okay. You can't afford the full thing. Um, so, yeah, she's super inspiring. There's um, Donna Luisa is a podcast I listen to a lot. Um, she's New York based and she does a lot of hip hop, but, um, but super like, she talks a lot about creatives mm -hmm. in, in both the business and artistic sense working together a lot. And I love that. Like you mentioned earlier, like it's, it's not just about like artists with artists and business with business. It's like we all join together because business right. is creative and when you're in creative business, especially. So yeah, she's great. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll definitely share those um, in the show notes. And I agree with you on meditation and yoga. You know, you just need to to take time and really, you know, find time for you as well. You know, and I think that helps you to be creative and to to be inspired. And I know if I go, you know, a week with without doing some kind of workout or yoga, you know, I, all I want to do is lay in bed and do nothing, especially right now. So. It's definitely yeah. something that's very, very important. And gyms um, are closed, just so like YouTube yeah. is awesome, like so much free <laughs> exercise. Yeah, I found, like, definitely. Yeah, there's a, a bar class. I mean, I could, you could do a different workout every day. It's so cool. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so where can my uh, audience find you and, and your music uh, online? Um, everything is rose gold which is um r zero z e g l d so it's spelled a little weird um sometimes you have to say the zero like when you're like alexa play rose gold you have to sometimes spell it so it's r zero z e g l d um that was a copywriting thing and i just kind of liked it so i try to always tell people to make sure they include it um but yeah that's the handle at instagram at facebook that's my website um, www.rosegold.com, um, Bandcamp, SoundCloud. Um, it's all the same spelling. So it is a little right. complicated, but at least it's consistent. So once you get it, you can find all the things. <laughs> and I'll be sure to, I'll be sure to link to them in the show notes. So that way, um, everybody can get to them. Thank you. But no, I like that. That's, uh, definitely unique too and memorable. So yeah. And talked about branding. That's definitely yeah. a, a great way to brand. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was awesome. I love talking to you and hearing your story. Yeah. It was great, great to talk to you too. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Broken Glass podcast. If you like the show and want to know more, visit www.brokenglassmediallc.com, subscribe to the podcast, and don't forget to leave a review. Join me each week to hear new stories, learn all about the tools and resources available to you, and get tips for building a career in music. If you're interested in becoming part of a community of supportive women in music, join our secret community on Facebook at the Broken Glass Collective.